0: to Armita, and Armita and I used to work together at Ralph Lauren until she quit and started her own business, company, I don't know, Um, so I want to talk to her about that and about basically about courage, because you have to have quite a lot of courage to um, start your own thing, and um, that's what she's been doing for a year here in Amsterdam at least, yeah, I just want to talk to her about the courage to uh, quit a um, a steady job and choose for something that you're not 100% maybe certain in in terms of whether it will um, pay the bills. And I want to talk to her about style because I believe style definitely says something about the person and I think that also has to do with confidence and knowing yourself so I think it'll be an interesting little combination chat yeah I'm gonna go get coffee
1: i'm just talking to you but for some reason because i've got headphones and i'm more self-conscious but i just have to show i'm just talking to you like we're at our, 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 my place like we have yeah well phones. i mean
0: you can also take the headphones out it's not gonna change anything no
1: it sounds special with them and I'm <laughs> <laughs> okay i'm fine i'm fine okay cool I'm
0: fine. <laughs> all right um so hello everyone okay. <laughs> I'm, uh, today I have Armita sitting across from me. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Armita. Yes. So, this is going to sound crazy because I'm like, oh, usually when I do this, I ask the person, but I've only done one other one.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, what I started with her was, um, that you tell me how it is that you got to here today, Mm. not transportation-wise, like, how did you get to my house? Yeah. But... What is it that you're doing in your life right now? And how did you end up there?
1: Yeah.
0: Because from what I know... Yeah. Okay, wait, let me see. Yeah, yeah let me that's say what be I, really interesting. Yeah. Let me say what I know about yeah. what it is that you do. This is, might be really embarrassing.
1: No, it's great because also it's going to be... I think I might shock you a lot, which is going to perhaps be nice. So go on. Okay. <laughs> so we used
0: to work together at Ralph Lauren. Yeah. And then you quit. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> tell me what you really think. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you quit yeah. to start your own business. Yeah. In styling. Yes,
1: yeah, correct. Great. Yeah. <laughs> Time. Bravo. Bravo. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. Yeah. So, how does that come about? Because I also know you used
1: to live, you know what? I'm going to let you tell your story. How far back do you want me to go? Because obviously I lived in different countries. Like, yeah. how far back do I go? Because I was brought up in Iran to the age of six, mm-hmm. fled the country. Like, are mm-hmm. we going that far back? <laughs> well, I think that's an interesting story too. Does it, it have? Did it
0: have? Do you think it had some sort of um,
1: meaning, meaning, and impact yeah. on what you're doing now? Yeah, at a later life. Then yes. Well, not necessarily career-wise, but perhaps the person that I am,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and um, yeah, sort of realizing thing at, at a later stage in your life, I mm-hmm. guess. So I was brought up in Iran. I was born in Tehran. Yeah. I have two Persian parents.
2: Yeah.
1: And um, I was brought up there. And I don't have much memory because we were there during the Iran and Iraq war. So there was war. um, It's a different type of war to the wars that we see on TV now. uh, In a fortunate way, I guess. I think it seems really terrible now. Mm -hmm. If you can even say that about war. War is always awful. But I guess that was it's worse now I feel like but um, yes I was brought up in in a war in a war zone basically which I think might it's something that I never talk about so it might perhaps be shocking to people (laughs) but um, yes I was brought up there to the age of 6 and um, so I don't have much memory but I have some memory that basically came to me at a later stage in life because I think I um, blocked it all out Mm -hmm. like a lot of it out And moved to Sweden. So we were refugees, political refugees. Um, So my father was very much against the regime. So was my mother. But my father was very vocal about it. Mm -hmm. We left Iran. Um, Sweden was kind enough. They're the most incredible, tolerant country. And they took a lot of refugees. So we were there for two and a half years before... You know what you... And I think it's really interesting to perhaps... This is like probably completely different to what you wanted to talk about. But I think it's really like irrelevant to like putting a face to almost like immigrants um yeah to immigrants because yeah. I think perhaps a lot of people have a certain perception yeah and I think that's why perhaps it's interesting when I say oh actually I'm a refugee I'm not just an immigrant yeah. I'm also a an refugee and everyone isn't there just to sit there and not do anything yeah you know so uh, and that can be some people's view I think so I think perhaps that's why I talk about it a little bit more now than I ever did um, Yeah. so basically we moved to Sweden was there for two and a half years it was me and my mother and my brother who was basically a baby like nine months old so I remembered at a later stage as well how we got there because we had to, f- we, have to f- we had to flee mm-hmm. so we weren't allowed to come so I remember being really nervous on a bus being underneath a, like a throw that my mom put on me mm-hmm. to like try to almost hide me but again this was like you know we flew there it's nothing compared to what people go through now we sat in a comfortable airplane but i remember you know ripping up our passports flushing it down the toilet all these sorts of things so we went through all of that came to sweden didn't know whether we could stay or not for two and a half years so every time there was a knock on, on our door my mom thought that's the police and we're going to have to go back and we're going to get killed in iran um but that Didn't happen, thankfully. My dad was still in Iran, um, going through a lot of issues politically. And yeah, we were told we could stay. So uh, it took a little while to find our feet. We did. And I'm, yeah, I became Swedish. We all became Swedish. So we're (laughs) Persian Swedes and integrated immediately. Um, I was fluent in Swedish within a year and was in a Swedish school. So, you know, I was young. So you learn everything really quickly. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, yeah, I was there uh, from the age of six, seven. And consider myself 100% Swedish, really. Oh, okay. In a way, um, I think at that age you just want to blend in. Mm -hmm. Well, I did. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to blend in and be like everybody else. Um, As well as the fact that we lived in Sweden, so you just automatically integrate to being Swedish. Sure, yeah. Um, If that makes sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so um, very much Swedish. uh, However, still celebrated like Persian New Year's and stuff like that anyway I always knew I wanted to be in the creative field Uh, I was always very good at like music Mm -hmm. sports dance all the things that I think in those generations are not really pushed Mm -hmm. you're supposed to be really good in maths and physics and all the Mm -hmm. academic subjects and I always felt like I was really good at all the things I'm not supposed to be good at so I constantly (laughs) instead of sort of exploring the areas that I was good at I think I was continuously trying to be better at At my weaknesses instead of just improving my strengths and becoming a master at them but that's okay Um, but that's you know looking back that's what it feels like yeah Um, yeah so I always wanted to I always knew I wanted to be in the creative field wanted to be a dancer for years didn't pursue dancing okay Um, yeah my parents were a little bit against that especially my father
2: Hmm. because he was
1: like oh whatever you want to do do but just study for it so if you want to, you know, become a ballerina, then study ballet. And I was like, well, I sort of want to become a backup dancer, like Janet Jackson. Is that okay with you? And I guess it wasn't exactly what he envisioned for me. And so I gave that up pretty quickly because I didn't want to disappoint my parents. But um, that's always been my passion. And I think that always will be my passion. Mm-hmm. Um, Dancing. Oh, 100%. Really? Yeah. Like if I see dance performances or even perf- performers, yeah, anyone that is good at what they're doing performance wise I start crying it's crazy Uh, and what uh, what kind of dancing is it ballet or is it is it really like Janet Jackson I did ballet well I did ballet and jazz for like a year in a performing school of arts and then we moved around so much I mean we were constantly moving around Mm -hmm. due to my father's job so we were constantly moving around so I had to constantly adapt to new environments new things but that just meant also that when I was finally in performing school of performing school of uh, yeah arts I couldn't stay We was there for a year and then we had to move again which was a bummer but never mind (laughs) (laughs) thanks a lot thanks a lot yeah so so, yeah I that's what I did then um and that was the first time I had professional lessons sort of when I was in Mm. that school with professional dancers I was I was it was sixth grade in in Sweden so I guess I was like 12 okay I think yeah 12 13 And yeah, it was really intimidating. I think that was one of the first first times in my life. And I look back at that moment now, even, excuse me, where I think, oh my God, you know, you don't realize you do it. But when people say, if you just envision something and you work towards it, Mm -hmm. you can sort of manifest it, Mm -hmm. which we have all, I think, come to understood and put into words at a later stage in life. But at the age of 12, I didn't know this, but I just remember... I wasn't. I haven't been brought up in a religious home, mm-hmm. but I have always believed in a higher power and mm-hmm. a higher energy. So mm-hmm. I would always pray. Yeah. Which is also perhaps something that you don't ever tell people, but I'm just telling you everything.
0: <laughs> I, I do it too.
1: Yeah, I also and believe I believe something I, yeah, higher, greater, greater. Yeah. So I would always pray, and I would just have a, a, a dialogue yeah. with this higher energy from yeah. a very young age. Um. Yeah, perhaps it's got a little bit to do with the fact that I was alone to the age of six in terms of no siblings. I would always talk to my own reflection. <laughs> like oh the, my God, yeah, I love it. Yeah. It's so cute. I talk to my own reflection. I was always in my head. Yeah. Um, and always having dialogues in my head. So I think it just came naturally to me to sort of pray, if that's what you mm-hmm. want to call it. Maybe, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I would have these dialogues in my head and I remember thinking, and there was a super popular girl in school. Yeah. And um, she applied to this prestigious you know fancy performing school of arts I was like well I want to go there I want to dance because I was always hiding in my room doing choreography and dancing and just always in my head nobody knew I did this and this is just what I did right yeah and we applied um both of us and we went for this audition well I've never been to an audition in my entire life I've never taken a dance class and she was just like the popular girl beautiful she had the perfect attire (laughs) and she you know. She was like, Oh, let's be in touch. And I felt so cool because it was like the first time I could talk to this cool girl. We had something in common. Yeah. And I was like, Oh my God, you are nice talking to me, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and she was like, So, how is the audition? When is your audition? And we were sort of touching base with that. And I remember never being so intimidated in my entire life. And I think I'm used to being out of my comfort zone from a really young age because yeah. you're just fearless when I mean, you're young, aren't you? You don't think of anything. You just go with the flow and just do yeah. what you want to do. So nice. Fearless, yeah. I miss that. miss that too. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I was like, oh, I've never taken a dance lesson? Well, that doesn't stop yeah. me to, to lying to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, of arts with professional dancers. But I think I didn't quite know what I was getting myself into. And I got into this... Um, I got to do audition. There's this room filled with... I mean, professional dancers, <laughs> um, you know, they had danced from the age of two, three, yeah. I don't know. And they were all straight backed in the ballerina outfits. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I think I had some tights on <laughs> and socks. They didn't have any ballerina shoes. I didn't know like yeah. what to get. And some leotard that I had bought from H&M or something. I just sat there thinking, holy and I just remember looking around at all these ballerinas and just imitating them it's like okay let's sit like how they're sitting let's act like how they're acting sort of like an actor actress yeah I guess right I'm just imitating them so I was like okay let's do this and there we are there's like three or four people in the jury in a panel staring at you You have the teacher teaching you choreography and you just, I'm standing amongst these girls that are pulling their legs up, doing the splits, (laughs) picking up choreography in half a second. I couldn't even touch my toes. You know, it was just like one of those geeky movies Mm -hmm. that you see. (sighs) I thought, holy cow, what did I get myself into? But I did it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, fine. And then at the end, oh my God, I'll never forget this. You have this number that you audition with, right? So they call your number, you go up. And they were saying, Okay, what is your background in dancing? And all these girls, of course I wasn't the first one, so I had to listen to twenty yeah. girls say, Oh, I've danced from the age of three, oh, I've done <laughs> ballet and I'm the champion in disco from year so and so. And it was my turn. I had to go up and I was like, um, I've I've never taken a dance class, so I don't have a background in dancing. And and I remember them just looking at me and I felt so <laughs> stupid because they said, Wait, what, you have never danced? I was like, No, I dance in my room. they said but you've never taken a dance class I said no no but I dance in my room they said and they were so sweet but I remember feeling really insecure because I'd heard all these girls go to these prestigious schools and dancing yeah I was like, no, I've never danced. That is so cute. I just dance in my room. Okay, what do you dance to? And I said, oh, I'd like to dance to Janet Jackson, Michael Jackson. <laughs> I think it was so embarrassing. <laughs> and then I had to sit there and everybody was giving me this look. It was, I don't know if I want to say it was bitchy at that stage, but I definitely felt like I was being looked at. It's like, mm-hmm. what is this girl doing here? And I left crying. And I never felt like that about the the experience, yeah. but I left crying. And I thought, okay, I have to just forget about this. Yeah um and the cool girl called me we had received the letters about whether we got in or not and we called each other at the same time and I think she was very sure that she was going to get in and she was quite certain that I wasn't but it was the other way around unfortunately it was not nice for her but she was like oh I didn't get in and I couldn't I couldn't believe it but I sort of had to turn it down and I said oh I got in (gasps) And she was like, oh, I was like, okay. And I think looking back at it, it's something that I look at now when I'm in an experimental stage in my life. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, I did that
2: because
1: I was fearless. And, you know, you just didn't think too much about it. You liked it, you worked for it, you did it. Mm -hmm. So at this moment in life, I'm actually sort of using my past experiences from the age of like 6, 12, 15 as a reference to sort of give me a bit more courage, I guess, and direction. Mm -hmm. If you're feeling a little bit lost, I feel like that has helped me. So I think of that, and I think, you know, I was really in touch with this higher energy back then, yeah. more so than I have been now, and I'm trying to sort of get back to my roots of that, and I manifested that, yeah. and I couldn't put it into words, and I didn't know what I was doing back then, but looking back at it, that's absolutely what I was doing, and I was there for a year, and I was always the outsider, and everybody was like, you know, show ponies, and I was always the one sort of in the background, yeah. feeling like I didn't really fit in, but um, yeah, for some reason I got in. Um yeah, and I sort of want to apply that elsewhere in my life now.
0: When we talk about manifesting, yeah, some people uh, will think, well, all I need to do is like Think about it, think about it, think about it, no. and then it'll manifest.
1: Yeah, I know. So
0: what are the, for you in that moment, was it because you went to the audition? The key components, so to say, to make it happen. Yeah, yeah.
1: It's I believing,
0: it's believing in yourself.
1: Yeah, I think believing in yourself. Well, I don't know if I, I don't know if I went as far as, I guess I must have believed in myself, mm-hmm. but I wasn't particularly confident, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I think I just loved doing it.
2: Mm. I just loved
1: doing it without thinking about it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this is going to make any sense, but I just loved doing it i was yeah. constantly in my own room imitating choreography and always dancing and always listening to music and it was just my life yeah and it was just what i immersed myself in fully so when it came to having an opportunity to do something and wanting to do it on a professional level or just to be honest it wasn't even professional i just wanted to do more of it i just wanted to attend a dance class that was it really and that, to me, was a way for me to attend a dance class. Yeah. <laughs> and I loved performing. And that was a way, because I was really, really, very much an introvert. Mm-hmm. And really shy. I mean, I didn't talk. My mother thought, I didn't cry, I didn't talk. My mum thought I was mute for the longest time. Because I was just, I think you would never think. No. <laughs> and you, you have, have to, be to this years. down to <laughs> be here for three hours. <laughs> I was like a mute child. My wow, was totally silent. So I think that was my way of feeling like myself when I was on stage, mm. and I oh, felt interesting. Yeah, that was the only time I felt like I could really be myself. Yeah, I was brave enough to be myself when I was on stage and sort of express myself. Yeah, it's really funny because that's what I have now with yeah. performing
0: is. Um... Well, for me it's more like in my regular 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 <laughs> life. <Yeah>. Sorry. <laughs> in my regular life yeah. I don't like attention. No, same. But on stage yeah. it's like I love it. And yeah. that's the place that it's allowed. Isn't
1: that interesting? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. it's, yeah, I'm exactly the same. I mean, when we went to get married, I didn't want to walk down the aisle (laughs) because I didn't want to be stared at. I don't like it. I am self-conscious. I'm very much actually an introvert that has had to adapt to being an extrovert or to be far more social. Um, But I am not the type of introvert that doesn't feed off the energy of people. I know some Mm -hmm. introverts like to just be alone. Mm I'm the kind of introvert that actually likes to be around people and feeds off the energy of uh, positive people. I don't know what that's called. Uh, but that's the type of... In, I think no, I'm somewhere yeah, that, in between an yeah, introvert yeah, yeah, and an extrovert. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I think I'm more the, the introvert. Introverted, yeah. yeah that I think like, so I likes to be alone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I need both. But yeah. I wasn't like that as a child. Um, but yeah. But that's... the That... So that came with Mm. some sort of cultivation
0: then, that you sort of became this extrovert, in a sense.
1: Yeah, and I wonder how that happened. Yeah, how did that happen I don't know. I think I I was always really shy. I had to constantly move schools, had to adapt to getting new friends and adapt to new cities, new Mm -hmm. scenarios all the time. And so I think that dancing helped me be seen. Mm -hmm. I would get bullied because I was always really skinny. I would... You know, at that stage, I think you get bullied for anything. Yeah. And I would, I mean, I don't see myself like, getting bullied, but yeah, there were times where people would be like, oh my God, you say this and you saw that when I was new in school. Because mm-hmm. I was the n- new target, right? Yeah. And I wouldn't say anything, but I was always really strong. I was never, I remember somebody like made some racist remarks, which was the only time in my entire life. And he became physical and I became physical back. So I pushed him and he fell down on the floor and he never touched me again. You go girl. Yeah. So so I was always very confident. Yeah. Um, but I was more confident then than I am now probably, but I was very confident. Um, I, I was not afraid to stand up for myself or other people. If other people would get bullied, I remember standing up for them and going against people and saying, leave them alone. Mm -hmm. Um, so I was secure in that way, although I was really insecure in other ways, but yeah I just sort of w- knew I wanted to do dancing yeah. went for it didn't think of the consequences was fearless I guess without thinking I was fearless went for it got in um, never felt I mean I always felt like I didn't fit in but you didn't stop me so mm-hmm. watch that I don't fit in whatever I enjoy it I love it I'm going to continue to do it but I think it was a combination of constantly working towards it uh, so manifestation going back to what you said I think was a passion that was constantly in me always um for dancing always wanting to be on stage that made me always be seen and not be this person in the background but actually make friends um due to the dancing because suddenly oh that's the new girl on stage oh she's okay at what she does like oh she can dance oh that's nice and then suddenly people come up to you Mm -hmm. hi what's your name again and you would make friends so i think that was always my ticket to adapting to all of this i mean now I see it as a, okay, maybe I wasn't suppo- supposed to be a professional dancer for Janet Jackson, <laughs> perhaps.
0: Hey. hey, she's still touring, <laughs> I, I think, twirling. so, you know,
1: it's possible. But, you know, I, I was, and I was never good enough, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but I think uh, you have people that are very good at doing this the steps and picking up the steps and mm-hmm. they're amazing at that. And then you have people that just feel it mm-hmm. a lot more. And I still see that in dancers today, where I'm like, yeah, you're a great dancer, you're perfect, but I don't feel like you feel it. Mm -hmm. And then you have people that don't do the steps immaculately, but they feel it. Mm -hmm. Um, I was nowhere near any of these, (laughs) but I think I was closer to the person that feels it more than impeccable steps. So I think it was a combination of being fearless, knowing what I wanted to do, striving towards it, not giving up, and praying to this higher power every night oh please if I can just get into this school but working towards it yeah I went for that audition it was really scary I cried afterwards but I got myself into that class every single day and did it although I felt like an outsider and thoroughly enjoyed it yeah and I guess that's kind of how I did everything that's how I got into London College of Fashion like god knows how I got into London College of Fashion How did you make the jump from dancing, dancing? to fashion <laughs> well, it was very easy because I was only there dancing for a year and then we had to move again so I moved again we moved around I continued dancing but I always knew I wanted to be in the creative field whether it was interior design I just wanted to style whether it's styling someone's face with makeup styling someone's home wardrobe I was just into it and you would have never I was the most unfashionable I mean if I was to meet people from my class in school they would be like You ended up in fashion. I mean, it would be the most ridiculous thing you've ever heard. (laughs) I had no fashion sense whatsoever, but I knew what I liked. But I was definitely not the fashionable kid in any way. You know, you had the fashionable kids. Yeah, I absolutely was not. I had like a black t-shirt that said space cash on it with metallic blue. And he had like a, I was just so (laughs) weird. I was quite grungy. And then I went through like, I went through so many different periods, but Mm. I knew what I liked and I just wore what I liked. Mm. Mm. And I remember going through a phase of liking oversized jumpers and, you know, but I was definitely never the fashionable kid. I -hmm. just knew what I liked. And I think I was always looking back very ambitious. I remember going to these meetings, you know, the parent-teacher meetings. And I remember getting fed up because I was like, do you always have to say that I'm ambitious? Can you not use another word to describe me at I I sort of didn't even like it because I was like oh it's so boring they just keep saying I'm ambitious what else am I tell me more you know (laughs) and now looking back I'm like no that's good Mm -hmm. you know from the age of 10 (laughs) they would tell my mother I was really ambitious so I think I was I was really ambitious jumped from dancing to constantly booking meetings with I mean I was 11 onwards constantly booking meetings with our you know, like career counselor, which is incredible that we had that at such a young age. Yeah. I'd be like, oh, I need another meeting. I love it. Okay, what do I need to be good at if I want to be an interior designer? Okay, which subjects do I need to concentrate at if I want to do this? So I started to drift away from the dancing when I left performing school of Mm -hmm. arts. I would continue to do it in my room, but I just knew I wanted to do something else in the creative field. But that's... That's incredible though, because
0: already at such a young age it's like okay this is what I want to go for what do I need to do to do that
1: yeah I guess so I guess I never thought of it that way but yeah yeah I guess you are so. ambitious <laughs> <laughs> I, I definitely was then I think <laughs> so yeah you're right that's I guess what I did <laughs> yeah I think they got so fed up with me I was constantly having meetings with this woman I was like okay so oh I need to be good at maths because I need to do drawings oh I'm not good at maths Okay, what else can I do in the creative field? And then I think... Why, why did it never become... Sorry, but why yeah. did it never... Because
0: you say the creative field. It, was it never something like, I want to be a painter, I want to be a photographer, I
2: want to no, be... because No, because
1: I didn't let myself go there. There was, a, there was another dancing school in the new city I was in, yeah. and I wanted to go there, but I didn't go there. It was theatre and dancing, mm-hmm. and it was performing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, can't go there. Need to need to concentrate on being better at maths. I mean ridiculous so yeah absolutely I was really into photography I was really into art my art teacher loved me and hated me at the same time because she would be like okay today we're doing this and I was like but I don't feel like doing this today I feel like doing this it was just not in the curriculum and she was like well I can't grade you I was like that's fine you don't have to grade me and I was completely rebellious in art class and she was like I'm sorry I want to give you an A but I can't like you haven't followed the curriculum so I have to give you a B because I can't grade you on the things in the curriculum and I was like that's fine I just feel pointy today so today I want to do pointy objects I mean oh that's incredible (laughs) no it's mental that's incredible these poor teachers yeah (laughs) so yeah I sound really eccentric I'm not but yeah that's what I did (laughs) so yeah most definitely I was always in the creative field but I didn't let myself go there I constantly wanted to become better at my weaknesses instead of sort of developing my strengths I was in Sweden, knowing I wanted to be in the creative field. You can, o- you could only really be a designer. I knew I did. I, mm. I was designing only evening wear. <laughs> now I know I could have done something with it. But I mean, I wasn't even good at any of these things. Please understand this. I wasn't good at any I of these I things. I don't believe it. No, I honestly wasn't. <laughs> I'm not being humble. I wasn't good at any of these, these things. Just I was very interested in it. Mm-hmm. So I would sit and sketch and suddenly I would sit and sketch and I couldn't sketch. I mean... No absolutely not but I would I would do it I was like well I want to make a couture collection I didn't know what that was but it was just evening wear I was like well I can't do that I don't want to be a designer so what can I be and then I thought huh I was really good at photography I enjoyed that my photography teacher was amazing towards me didn't have any breaks did media so that was the most creative I could get without it being frowned upon by my father Mm -hmm. so I would do media so I could do photography and be a bit creative Um, my text teacher, so journalism was an incredible teacher made a huge impact on me and kept saying you're really good at this you're really good at the writing and I thought oh I'm good at something and in what way did this teacher make an impact? he was incredibly enthusiastic Mm. and he didn't follow a regular curriculum he made every class feel like a newsroom so you would come in, you would watch the news there would be newspapers everywhere Mm. I mean we were around i think 14 15 maybe he was incredible he just loved his students and he wanted to make you feel like you could succeed as opposed to make it difficult for you to achieve good grades so he's told all of us that we were amazing not just me and i think we all received better grades in that class than in any other class because we were all like his kids yeah. and he just pushed us and we would all he was vibrant there was coffee and tea flying around even when we didn't drink coffee he drank coffee like it was water he was he was eccentric he was just he felt like being in a newsroom mm-hmm. and we would all sit there and write and he would be this is your strength this is your strength and he would push me forward he would be like you know i was constantly in newspapers in in the local newspapers because he would be like you know you be you do this you're good at interviews and he would do this with all his kids. But he would develop our strengths. So he would find everybody's strengths. You're really good at editing. Not me, other kids. Mm-hmm. You do the editing. This is your thing. You're really good in front of a camera. He would do this with all of us. Mm-hmm. And for me, he was like, you're good at being interviewed. You're good at um, public speaking and, and yeah. writing. And yeah. then he did this with all of us. And I thought, oh my God, Some a teacher is telling me I'm good at something. Yeah. And he's he was, I don't want to say improvising, but he felt like you didn't have a boring today we're going to yeah. do this and he yeah. stands there and goes through it oh you know and if you have a short attention span and you're a creative person this is the type yeah. of class you want to be in yeah so he was amazing he made a huge impact we all felt like we could achieve something and be better than what we could ever imagine he was amazing when I was in my small town in Sweden there was a tiny uh, model management set up so I thought okay this is as close as I'm going to get to fashion I went there and everybody's when I was studying media and we had to do work experience and everybody was in newsrooms and so on. And I went to, I went there and worked uh, assisting makeup artists and stylists and ended up teaching models how to walk. And again, remember, this is on a very small scale in a tiny city in Sweden, but yeah. And I was like, Oh, I think I could be good at this. I Mm. enjoy this. And that's how the fashion experience started. That was my first fashion experience. And I, just got a buzz from shows we would do shows and I would be like oh my god it felt like performing for me okay although I was nowhere near the stage I was backstage behind the curtains but it gave me the same feeling as being on stage
2: interesting
1: yeah don't know why but it did Hmm. got a buzz sometimes I would be on stage but Mm-hmm. when they wanted normal looking girls, you know, <laughs> not the models. You needed a normal looking girl to come and perform right, in the middle of the models. And that would, that could be me. <laughs> I don't mind. I like being that girl. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of where that, that intersection came to mm-hmm. happen. And then, yeah, I had no option. I had to go to the best university and, uh, yeah, that's what I was going to do. And so I applied to London College of Fashion. No, I didn't. I moved three three days after my graduation in Sweden, after I graduated in media. I was like, okay, I'm going to London. So three days after that, I packed my bags and went to London. And didn't quite know whether I was going to do Instituto Marangoni in London or London College of Fashion. And I also didn't want to take out a loan. So I started to work as a makeup artist on makeup counters. So when you moved to London, did you already have the job? No, I kind of applied for a job while I was there and got a job pretty (laughs) quickly. Pretty quickly, I just sort of didn't think of it. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, I sort of just, but uh, I had a boyfriend while I was in Sweden that I was having a long-distance relationship with that was in London. So I wasn't alone. I moved, I had him. So I stayed with him Mm -hmm. um, and was like okay, I enjoy makeup, let me gain more experience in makeup until I figure out what I want to do and I want to earn some money mm-hmm. and see what I think of London. And so I started to earn money, started to set up meetings with the dean of Instituto of Malangoni because why wouldn't I? That's <laughs> ridiculous, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, he must have thought, he must have sworn at me in every language under the sun after <laughs> I left, completely wasted his time with my so-called portfolio which I thought was perfectly adequate. (laughs) 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 Oh my God. And um, yeah, and I was doing that for two and a half years and really enjoyed it. I was working, I was working in my, oh, before I moved, I had a summer holiday at the age of 17 where I was, I came to London for two months and worked at Heathrow Airport as um, an information Okay. Passenger information girl Oh my god It was one of the best jobs I really, really enjoyed it Because again It felt like performing They put you in a uniform Yeah You, I mean They put you There underneath the screens The arrivals yeah. The <laughs> departure screens Because I was After security And they would be like And you would get Any types of questions You could possibly imagine Under the sun from passengers that had issues I had lost their passports so nobody tells you what to do yeah. you just have to figure it out yeah. so it was like an improv that yeah. probably you can relate to so I was constantly improvising oh, you've lost your passport I mean I, I had no no uh, what is it called like an introduction into this uh, they just put you in a uniform put you underneath it. they were like this is a map of the terminal and then you had to just figure it out and I loved it I gathered so many business cards I got offered Any drop you can imagine, under the sun, in Hawaii, at hair salons, (laughs) in Dolce Bank. I had loads of offers for Dolce Bank for some reason. (laughs) Um, From bankers. Um, In these two months, I think I got invitations to visit probably 50 different countries, 20 different families. And I think I got sorry I'm saying this because I'm remembering it fondly I'm yeah. not saying it in an obnoxious way but it was just so much fun because I think it's a it's a testament to if you make the most of the situation and you just have fun doing it mm-hmm. you attract positive things
2: mm-hmm.
1: I could have gone there not known what I've done what I was doing and just sort of gone oh, okay yeah. poddled along but yeah. I enjoyed it yeah. and I just got so many opportunities out of it so many I mean it was mental I don't know how, I had like hundred business cards in these two months and you know i look yeah. back at that and i think oh my god that's you know when you're just positive and you enjoy what you're doing you attract yeah positive things into your life
0: yeah and being open to that as well open yeah, to yeah. it open to anything because if you had just been closed off to that whole job yeah. that whole
1: experience yeah loved it and that's how i knew i was going to love london and then moved to london okay worked for two and a half years uh, at Heathrow airport because that was convenient and it was you know uh, it, was, it would pay really well I worked for an agency uh, on different makeup counters loved makeup uh, enjoyed working with different cultures different people
2: mm-hmm.
1: and then applied to London College of Fashion and got in I don't even know how I got in but I got in uh, yeah and then did fashion business and then after that thought I was my dream job would be to work in marketing because I enjoyed marketing and okay. I envisioned myself as this office girl. I would see these office girls on the tube with their folders, very professional. And I thought, yeah, that's what I envisioned myself being. And I loved Joe Malone and I was going to work for Joe Malone.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I pestered the area managers when they would come into the counters so that I would get an internship. And eventually I got an internship and they got me in. And I hated it. I mean, I would cry every morning on my way to work and cry all the way back. Why? I and I sucked at it I was awful at it my team hated me because it was just I was wasting their time I wasn't good at it I thought I was going to love it and it was such an anti-climax and I thought you know what I you need to go back to basics go back to what you enjoy I had a friend that worked in personal shopping in Harrods and she said she kept telling me you'll enjoy this and I kept thinking no 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 I'm going to work in an office and then was Suicidal. I mm-hmm. mean, yeah, I mean, I'm not joking. I was like, when I was crossing the street, I was like, if the car hits me, it hits me, it's okay. At least I don't have to go in today. I <laughs> no, mean, I understand that. Does that feeling. make sense? Yeah, I, ha-
0: I had was that. was just
1: complete out of yeah. body experience. Not suicidal in a way because it's a serious issue. I shouldn't maybe say that, but not so that I wanted to do something about it myself. But if I was on a plane and if something the happened, crash. it was okay. Yeah, it's fine. It's yeah. fine. I, I mean, can you imagine? that's how much I hated it and I would just daydream and go back to being six years old and look at these posters and and I don't know how but I started to speak to the big boss of the of the Order group and I just really liked her mm-hmm. and she always had time for me this little intern girl that was crap at her job and her team hated her understandably I don't blame them um <laughs> but she always had time for me and I would sit in her office and just talk to her and I would say "Um, where are these posters made? I mean I want to be part of the visual team that creates these posters and I would just be given the answer New York, it's New York, it's all in New York it's all in New York so I started to think do I need to move to New York because I'll do it and then I thought and then I tried the personal shopping thing Mm -hmm. and I was 26, 27 26, I was old you know too old to be an intern. Yeah. But I, I went back to scratch and back to basics and I interned at Harris by appointment and loved it. So I kind of got in there a bit by fluke by my friend that was a personal shopper there. Mm-hmm. And I just ignored her until I didn't anymore. Mm-hmm. And I got in as an intern with seven other interns with no positions going. Because you know what's what's interesting to me is that,
0: yeah, you you have some sort of, uh, I don't know how else to put it, but you have the balls to go up to that Estee Lauder big boss and be like, hey, what's up? You know? (laughs) I would never do that. I don't even dare talk to you, or you know what I mean?
1: (laughs) Yeah, you were like, maybe I can ask the questions I want to ask (laughs) if I've got a microphone. Yeah, but we're all different. And I think also it's, you know, when you're talking about when you're doing a synopsis of your life in an hour, Mm -hmm. it sounds really positive and incredible and eccentric and fun. But in between that, there's some hardships. There's some really rough times that, you know, we could get into, but I'm just kind of giving you a synopsis of what it was like um, in a very short, you know, it's 35 years in an hour. So, definitely uh, some hardships, definitely... I question myself a lot more um, at a later stage in life, and I'm trying to go back to basics again. Uh, where I don't, and I'm more fearless and perhaps to you for example you you view it as being fearless as leaving london and starting from scratch again you know here because i know we've discussed this earlier and i guess it is but it's definitely an experimental stage here for me and i've gone through so many lows i mean for a long time but you just have to pick yourself up and in those lows i think i have to remind myself i'm like don't forget where you came from don't forget who you are because you forget who you are because mm-hmm. you you're not in your comfort zone you don't have your friends and family around you you don't know anyone here you know uh but it's not the first time i'm doing it so just go back to basics how do you pick yourself up when, after a lo- when you're in low um let me think of when i was a, at a low here mm-hmm. i came here got a job that i thought was a perfect continuation after being a called. Circle- manager it's just a fancy word for a senior personal shopper mm-hmm. at harrods so i was there for five years i uh, worked my way up from being an intern really enjoyed it you know established established client base and then moved to amsterdam to start from scratch and this job that i got was the next step because it was to actually be part of setting up a personal shopping department mm-hmm. so i was on a high when i came i got it while i was here again just i just i think i just hound people i sort of just i'm like okay this is what i want to do and i think we should have a meeting yeah and so that's what i did by fluke started to just look at people on linkedin like the look of this woman's photo i mean this is how ridiculous my theory is (laughs) like the look of this woman's photo she was a recruiter contacted her all the agencies here were like no 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 your job doesn't exist they had no understanding of what i did everybody was slamming the face in the door in my face and this was after coming from a situation in london where you would constantly get headhunted like i would have prestigious designer houses and couture houses saying tell me what you want do you want to come on board to then within a week being in a place where they had no comprehension of what i did and slamming doors in my faces they were like you do no what you don't speak dutch no what no and yeah. I was like oh my god you come from being on a high to coming on such a low oh my god they don't even know who I am they don't know who I... I mean not that I'm some sort of a celebrity but yeah 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 like being a personal shopper at Harrods means something yeah. in London and to them just you're a personal shopper at Harrods okay but okay yeah, yeah. doesn't mean anything doesn't here. mean anything here so what you shop for people what they don't have time to shop themselves yeah. you know I mean yeah um, so to complete and I got that job and it was somebody that finally got me Mm -hmm. and they said oh my goodness this CEO is looking for exactly somebody like you international with that kind of experience it doesn't exist here we want this place to be really international and it was a place called Houseman which I don't know if you Mm -hmm. know of that was supposed to open yes so I was supposed to be part of setting that up and managing it and then working as a shopper there and I thought oh my goodness this is my next step after being a you know private client manager at Harrods now I can be part of building it from scratch right and setting up a team I was, you know had a spring in my step when I got that contract kept not being sent through I knew something fishy was going on found out through financial times here that it's not happening anymore so they didn't even tell me I found out through financial times that it's not happening but I had a feeling because mm-hmm. they kept delaying the contract and I thought okay went from a low to a high to a low and yeah. um, I think I sat indoors and locked myself in for quite some time and was kind of just bummed. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay. And we were, I mean, when we first arrived, we were in this awful temporary accommodation. (laughs) I love curry, but I don't want to smell of curry every day. I mean, it was not pretty. I like to eat it and Mm -hmm. that's about it. Um, yeah very different um and i just we found a flat here that felt much more like us moved in but then i went on a low so we were finally out of that temporary flat in a permanent flat that we really enjoyed in amsterdam but i was on a complete low locked myself in and started to watch oprah and that's when i discovered elizabeth gilbert and i loved elizabeth gilbert because it wasn't cheesy and she was real and she was funny and i just felt like she was somebody i would be friends with i mean should I be so lucky? You I know? Wish, right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm. so that's what I did. So I locked myself in and just tried to motivate motivate myself mm-hmm. uh, by watching all of these things and I started to take loads of notes down and I started to write a diary
2: mm.
1: because I feel like when you write things down, whether it's your goals or how you feel, it's you putting it out there in a the universe in a different way
2: mm-hmm.
1: and so it becomes easier to reach your goal, mm-hmm. Whether it's I need to let it out in order to be able to move on and yeah. reach my goal or to write my goals down in order to be able to achieve them.
2: Yeah.
1: So I wrote this diary, um, discovered Elizabeth Gilbert, watched a speech with Oprah that she did at Stanford University that I found incredibly send useful. I sent that to you. Mm-hmm and then I discovered Elizabeth Gilbert's um, hummingbird Mm -hmm. speech uh, on Super Soul Sunday which I think I also said to you and I always loved hummingbirds and had a full circle moment when she basically described people like us as hummingbirds yeah so definite low there Um, and yeah that's how I got myself out of it I just started to watch it I thought I need to get out of the flat I don't know what I want to do now Cause I went on a different low again, so I applied for Ralph Lauren because I needed to get out of the flat, and I needed to be around people,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I needed to be around fashion. I love the brand, and I wanted to do high end. Um, yeah, yeah, that's just what I like. So I applied to Ralph, got it, and started, and met you. Yeah, <laughs> and instantly clicked with you, and instantly yeah. adored you. So yeah, so that's Same. how it happened. And then thought. Thank you. And then thought, um, no, I need to move on again. Not in a, I mean, it was just not giving me what I wanted. Mm -hmm. You know, I needed more. And I thought, I had these pom-pom bags.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I want to (laughs) talk about that too. I
1: had these pom-pom bags that everybody liked and wanted. And so I thought, let me get a couple of pom-pom bags and try to sell them. And then got a couple of more bags while I was at Ralph, mm-hmm. and then people wanted more of the bags, and the bags were doing okay. And then I had clients reaching out to me from Harrods, and I thought hmm, maybe I should do this. Maybe I should. And then I started to really envision myself with, without meaning to, but with my business cards, and I'm a visual person, so it sounds ridiculous that in you know I was like, okay, these are my business cards, and on my mood board i would always have you have a mood board i was gonna yeah. ask you about that
0: whether you have like a vision board or something like yeah, that. yeah 100
1: percent. and in my interior mood board because i have 25 different mood boards <laughs> <laughs> i have a travel mood board <laughs> in my interior mood boards i always had photos of offices mm. that are like creative messy offices you know like fun offices yeah it's like a creative mess and you just want to explore and those were the kind of offices I had on my mood board and I was like, I'm going to start my own business and I have the most incredible husband on the entire planet and if I say, I like bagels, I'm going to invent a new bagel and open up a bagel shop, he would say, you would be amazing at it. Mm. If I say, uh, I'm going to be a mouse breeder, he would say, you would be amazing at it. I mean, you know, yeah. I so, like to think that these are actual ideas that you've had.
0: <laughs> but you're like, you know what, not yet.
1: <laughs> not yet. Not yet. Yet to come. Yeah. <laughs> Just, you know, putting out these out there for anyone that is looking for a new direction in life. So, yeah. So, that's what I discussed with my husband and he said, you'd be amazing at it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I, Because he has always said you should have your own business. You, you like to not have a boss because also, I mean being at harrods we were kind of running our own business yeah. you you have a phone you have a computer and that's it we had the most incredible managers and bosses i'm still in touch with and adore strong independent ambitious women that were managers all aspirational um and they all we all pushed each other you know and they all were incredible dealt with all of our very strong personalities I tell you Mm -hmm. we're all quite eccentric and and, and extreme personalities (laughs) Um, dealt with it superbly Um, so they were incredible bosses but I think I couldn't have a conventional boss I feel trapped not because I can't take authority I can no worries it makes me feel trapped if I have to follow a particular pattern and what I liked about Harrods and working as a personal shopper there is there was no pattern every day was different they left you to it you had a target you reached it they didn't question you. you you were left alone what do you need from us you go to them this is what we need you would discuss you would come to an understanding I mean so it was kind of like running your own business um and I thought perhaps it's time that I do my own business and Adrian my husband was like yeah I think you would be amazing at it and that's what you should be doing so that's why I did So I handed in my notice. I think after two months that <laughs> had. I still can't believe it's only it's been two months. two months. I still
0: really think you were there for like six months. I think
1: months. not even two. I know. How is this possible? I don't know. But yeah. <laughs> it's because we feel like we've known each other yeah. for much longer. Yeah. So yeah. Handed in my notice and was like, oh, let's give this a go. Um, yeah. Went to belastening the end's here. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because you had to set up, up a, yeah, 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 I had to set up my business I had an incredible friend that I met here You know how you just meet people at the right time Introduced to her by a friend We completely hit it off Complete mm-hmm. entrepreneur um, No idea, it's too ridiculous Just one of those people
2: mm.
1: And she's a creative director And she helped me with my website She set up my website for me on the weekend And it was like, there you go You wanted to have your own business I mean, can you believe it? Known her for I don't know a year at that point. It's scary on an everyday basis, and you know all the things you should be doing that you're not doing at all times. Well, I do, and Then, of course, because I'm a hummingbird, I'm starting to think about YouTube. (laughs) So I start an endeavor and then start to think about something else. Um, Yeah. So then I wanted to get into social media and YouTube. Yeah. I like having that dialogue and conversation Mm. with friends of I've tried this product. You have to try this. Oh, I found the perfect hangers. I found the perfect exfoliator. Mm. And I could share this while I was at Harrods as a personal shopper. But I don't have that to the same extent anymore because i don't my clients are international so i don't see them as often and it's very targeted what i'm doing for them now much more targeted than it was at harrods it was much more spontaneous in terms of purchases so i want to have that spontaneous purchasing conversation on youtube and a sort of influence in a
0: sense which maybe you have less now because if you're saying it's it's very very targeted. targeted now, so your clients kind of have a yeah, yeah. they know what I they want. I have an
1: event, yeah, right. this is what I have in mind, and then you go. I can't say to them because I'm not in Harrods, I can't say, Oh, you have to try this eyelash serum, right? Because what's that in the grand scale of doing things, yeah, you know? What you know? Yeah. Well, I was at Harrods, I would just go down in five minutes, get it, and ship it to them with the dress,
0: yeah, you know.
1: Yeah.
0: When I uh, when I decided to ask you whether you wanted to do this, mm-hmm. the reason. I wanted to ask you was because I feel like there's a certain career, like you have to be brave. I yeah. feel like you have like not you yeah. specifically no, yeah, but in you general have you have brave, to be brave to do totally. the things that you have done and the 100%. choices that you've made. Um
1: But I think yeah sorry go on.
0: Where how do you
1: I think I know what you're asking. How do you become brave?
0: Become brave.
1: I think you have to be brave if you want to have An exciting, developed life.
2: Yeah.
1: Otherwise, you will sit in your comfort zone. Yeah. And just be comfortable and wonder what if. And that, to me, is the most trapped I could ever feel. To be in my comfort zone. If I'm in my comfort zone, I'm in the wrong zone.
2: Yeah.
1: And that's I think how that's I feel right now. You but you feel how, like you're in your comfort zone?
0: Well, I feel like I'm trapped.
1: Yeah. That's because you're in your comfort zone. Yeah
0: but i'm so afraid to make any changes to that
1: no because you know what death is near <laughs> death is near and this sounds morbid but let it push you because you know what time flies and you know what when you're and i don't mean this in a morbid way mm-hmm. but when the time comes when you know you're close to the end you're going to think of all the you want to think of all the fun experiences you had the ridiculous stories yeah. and you want to have ridiculous stories good and bad because you have to make mistakes in order to get somewhere yeah and to learn who you are I had to do a job I hated to figure out what it was that I enjoyed you know and and it's not all a matter of doing work experience to figure out... I mean, part of doing a work experience is to figure out what you enjoy and what you don't enjoy. And I never thought of it, but sometimes you, you end up doing something that you think you're going to love, but you're going to hate it. But you know what? It's going to bring you closer to what it is that you do want to do. It's all... You have to have faith, I think, first of all, that it's all going to make sense. You have to have faith that... But how do you... How... You just surrender. Like, I understand that. I surrender. You just have to reach a stage where you're like, you know what? And that's what I'm trying to do now. I'm it's a like, certain I'm trust just, as well, huh? Yeah. In the, in, in
0: the fact that, yeah. That it'll work out yeah. in some way. Yeah. Maybe not the way that you expect it, no. but it will work out. Which is, I mean, I part of me can understand that because... You know, I'm still alive. I still, uh, I do the things that I th- enjoy to do or mm. think that I enjoy to do. And as much as I complain about like one of my biggest uh, complaints is that mm. I feel like I never have enough money, but it's not true. No, it's not true at because all. Because
1: you know what? I've had, I've, I've come from, you know, student life to making okay money. Yeah. Um, And my happiest times were when I had fairy lights in my cute little flat in Mm. London, Mm -hmm. as opposed to when I lived with a pool and concierge and didn't have time to enjoy it because I was working so much Yeah, to try to buy nice things to make myself happy for five minutes. Yeah. So money's got nothing to do with it. And it's just having faith, being, I guess you want to call it brave, but just going for it. Like, so what you know what not having so much pressure on yourself you know what if it doesn't work it doesn't work so what did anybody die no no but so what No, i happen? don't have a job and maybe i have to but guess what you're healthy you're yeah. fully capable if you need to get a job you can get a job yeah and you know what if you're in a job that you don't enjoy so much at the moment and you try something out of your comfort zone that doesn't work out and you have to Go back to doing a job that you didn't enjoy well, you didn't enjoy doing it in the first place. Yeah. So you can, you can be fine trying something new, going back to doing something that you don't enjoy for a short amount of time so that you can get yourself there again. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. You don't enjoy your job now anyway. Not not you, but say like... No, I, I, I really don't. <laughs> okay. Can we, can we say that officially? Okay, yeah, yeah, we can say that officially. Yeah, so you don't. So say you get out of your comfort zone Yeah. and you just go for it. What is the worst thing that could happen? Tell me what your fear is. What is the worst thing that could happen? The worst thing that could happen... Because you have an idea of what it is that you want to do. Do I, though? Well, you have an idea of what your interest is. You're just too scared to develop it into something that you could possibly do. I
2: don't know. I... Do I? See, this you is do. the thing. I'm going through a, through a, cri- yeah, through a crisis. I understand. Uh,
0: first, the worst thing that could happen if I quit my job is that... I end up not finding a job that is, that makes me happier than the job that I'm in now. Yeah. So I've left and I end up basically in the same job. Yeah. Maybe somewhere else in a different company.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And then I think, well, why leave the security of a permanent yeah. contract? And totally.
1: And I'm team. not against that. Yeah.
0: I think that, that would just be so Yeah. Depressing. And I think,
1: yes. And I think, okay. So when I say just quit, I don't, just go, when I say just go for it, I don't mean just quit. Mm-hmm. When I say just go for it, it's more like just go for it, but be wise. It's good that you're a bit cautious and wise. Because you know what? You don't want to be in an awful situation. So yeah. there's nothing wrong. The reason I think you feel so trapped is because you're not doing anything on the side that feeds your soul. Yeah. That gives you energy. Yeah. That re-energizes you, you know? So... If you were to do something that re-energizes you on the side, the job that you're doing that seems dreadful at the moment won't seem so dreadful. Are you a bit of a people pleaser? Yeah. A whole lot. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 And with, with acting and theater, I have that a hundred percent where,
1: oh my God, you're like,
0: I can't, I, I don't, I, what I noticed in the, in this past year is that mm. I definitely do not enjoy the rehearsal process. Okay. As an actress. Yeah. I don't enjoy it. Okay. But once, once we do, once I'm in the performance, like I love it.
1: Okay. So, okay.
0: (laughs) Because I think
1: sometimes we don't enjoy all aspects of the job.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And what I did enjoy okay. was the process of creating a, uh, right. a piece, yeah, and that rehearsal process. So where I was sit, where I was directing it basically, okay. rather than playing in it, yeah, um, that I did enjoy. But then isn't
1: that interesting? Because you like to be on stage. So it yeah, kind of goes back to that thing I said where I was well, liked being on stage, and then when you're backstage, you, you still get the same feeling. So you were directing yeah. and still getting the same feeling as you probably yeah. would on stage.
0: Yeah, yeah. But then at the same time. It's, it's not 100% the same because I did miss, as a director, you don't get as much of the recognition as the actors do once they've done the piece. You want the
1: recognition.
0: And I did miss that.
1: Yeah. But I think it's really nice that you say it.
0: Because I yeah. think a lot
1: of people feel it and they don't say it. Yeah.
0: I remember last year, I directed a musical with two of my friends. Yeah, And... We only did a one night show, but we worked on it for so long.
2: Yeah,
0: it was. I loved the process. It was difficult at times, and Mm -hmm. I wanted to quit. But like we did it, and we put on a really great show. And afterwards, I was on such a high as well, on an adrenaline high, the same way that I would have had if I had been on stage. And I came out of that, and I was downstairs because I was in the tech booth. And I came back down, and everyone's congratulating the actors,
1: Uh. and I'm like ah yeah especially here. because you know what that feels like so yeah if you're originally a director and always have been a director you don't you haven't had a taste of the other side so you yeah. don't know but you've had a taste of the other side yeah so you're thinking oh that could have been me and now i'm not getting that anymore yeah. and i remember just being like shoot. yeah i, <laughs> miss that. But I think it's nice that you say it because i think oh. people i think that's really nice to work at Net-A-Porter so my tactic wasn't to send in a CV my tactic was to show up with my CV and sit there until somebody would see me day in and day out until somebody would see me because eventually somebody will say oh my god this girl is insane (laughs) the manager's got five minutes go in and that's how I was going to get my job at Net-A-Porter like
0: yeah, but that, that that's that I'm really extreme. A, but that requires such a fearlessness. <laughs> no, or a I don't know what it is. I don't that know. I don't have but think of things, I things that you, you do have. I don't even I, I've been in school for two years now. Yeah. Because I was like I wanna I wanna do acting.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay,
0: and only now am I am I confessing to myself and yeah. admitting to myself yeah. that what I actually want it, when it comes to acting is film acting, not theater acting. Yeah. But the reason I chose theater school is because I was like, oh, it's the more noble thing. Yeah, you film see? acting is superficial, so you did that blah, blah, too. blah, 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 blah. Yeah.
1: You did that too.
0: And it's just now that I'm like, actually. No, you just want to be a background dancer, a dancer film- for Janet Jackson. Yeah. It's fine. I know. <laughs> exactly. I know. Um, but, I mean, I'm not saying like that's really easy, easy to get into. It's not. But there's a very easy step that I can take mm-hmm. to kickstart that. Okay. And that is get my headshots done and yeah. sent them to casting agencies
1: here. So what's stopping you? I have I have, listen, I was <laughs> new in the country, <laughs> don't speak the language don't know a single person and I was like, I have found a casting director that seems really good that you need to send out your details to Have you done it? No. Why? Because I'm
0: Don't filter, just say say, it. I'm afraid of, I don't know, I'm afraid of rejection.
1: Okay. Because that will, yeah, because you don't feel very confident already and that would knock you down even more. Yeah. Okay, but what happens if something good comes out of it? I started to do YouTube. As we know, on a very small scale. (laughs) But I wanted to do it and Mm -hmm. I sat there and stared at my ring light for a year. Mm-hmm. And I don't like being in the limelight. In a strange way. I really enjoy it. But I don't. If I'm being interviewed for a publication. I love it. I feed. I just yeah. like. I just feed off the other person. And just really thrive on it. But I don't like it when it's me, myself and I. In front of a camera. And I have to talk. I sort of just freeze. But I. Yeah. stayed at the, at the ring light for a year. Put it out there kept filming after a year and thought hate it but I'm just going to put it out there we've had this conversation Mm -hmm. but I think what really helped me through that was something that Elizabeth Gilbert said well two things one is Einstein Albert Einstein insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different outcome Mm
2: -hmm.
1: I repeat that in my head if I don't like something it's just insane to repeat it and think that I'm going to have a different outcome try something different Mm -hmm. second thing was what Elizabeth Gilbert said which was what will make you finish it, and this will either make sense to you or not.
2: Okay.
1: Um, what will make um, what will make you finish it is not self-discipline; it's self-forgiveness. Hmm. And that, I just it just hit me like a brick. I was like, oh my god, because I have the self-discipline to finish things, but what won't make me finish it, or sometimes not even start it, no. is self-forgiveness. Because I have to be so perfect. I have to be the perfect child. I have to be the perfect daughter. I have to be the perfect uh, older sibling to my younger siblings. Can't ever do anything wrong. Miss Goody Two-Shoes. All of these labels that have a little bit been put on me. And that I have very much put on myself. Mm -hmm. Being brought up. Which we all do in different ways, I think. And I had to just let go of that. And I reminded myself of these two things. When I uploaded that first video where I'm high-pitched incredibly uncomfortable and I have no idea what I'm doing sitting in front of a computer I'm completely techn- technologically disabled and was like how do I edit <laughs> what's iMovie and put it together and put it out there I had a conversation with my friend and what I thought then was this is self-forgiveness this is really good practice for me you know what if all I'm going to get out of this YouTube is To learn to have self-forgiveness and get to know myself more than that's a good enough lesson for me. Mm. I don't need to be a massive YouTuber and with thousands of followers and travel around the world. Um, I have faith in the fact that it will teach me what it's here to teach me. Mm. That's it. And it's going to teach me to be kinder to myself, I think, and give me a bit more confidence. Um, And I think I come across as being incredibly confident, but I am constantly questioning myself and I am the most insecure person I find that so hard to believe. yeah incredibly insecure mm-hmm. and always afraid I am afraid of everything <laughs> but I'm still doing it because I think you have to because death is near life is short I need to live it I don't want to have a boring life I don't want to question what if we will inevitably do that anyway so if I've got a power to do things that I enjoy I'm going to do it and you know what I'm going to suck at it and it's I guess it doesn't make sense for example to somebody like my friend but it will make sense to other people he was like but why are you doing it if you're so scared if you know you're not good at it why Mm. are you doing it if you know you're scared of it why are you doing it Mm -hmm. and I said Mark I am doing things I'm afraid of all the time yeah all the time. This is what my entire life has consisted of. Otherwise, I would sit in my small town in Sweden and work in one of the shops, in one of the boutiques that I see. This is not the life I wanted for myself. I always wanted this grand life of traveling lots, meeting loads of people and being the best version of myself. And I don't believe the best version of myself is to sit in my small town and dream of it mm-hmm. in, my little, in my little room. It's no. just not. No. So I'd rather be mortified and really scared and shit my pants and do it anyway. Basically. (laughs) And suck at it. I suck at it. But I'm still... It's okay. It's okay. I don't have to be good at everything. How boring will your life be if you don't do it? I agree.
0: No, I agree with you. That's why I'm also now in such a... I feel like I... Because I feel so trapped. But like there's also this desire to break out of that... But at the same time, the fear holds me
1: back. You need to just go back to basics. Yeah. Because you don't know where you're going if you don't know where you've come from. So you need to really know yourself, right? So that you can trust yourself and make these decisions. Yeah. And yeah, center yourself again. Because I'm sure in these scenarios, you also lose your spirituality a bit. Like I felt like I completely lost my spirituality and I'm not aligned anymore. So I need to align myself again and have that dialogue with the universe of yeah this sounds so cheesy if somebody was saying all of this i would be getting a bucket and gagging in it but because <laughs> i don't like listening to people that sound really cheesy because i don't relate to it i'm like oh it's so cheesy stop already but i just don't know how else to put it no i understand. and even when i listen to inspirational speak like speeches i don't yeah. want it to be like i don't want to go to a hug convention do you know what i mean yeah, if it's yeah, too yeah. cheesy i'm just yeah. like oh get over it already No, but I totally get it because I had that moment last year where
0: I basically woke up one day and I was still in that relationship as well and I was just feeling completely lost and I woke up one day and said, okay, either I just drink a bottle of vodka and just like, that's how I'm going to process this or I go to church. (laughs) Like those were my two choices and uh, thankfully I chose church and I sat in this little tiny church here in Amsterdam and just prayed. Yeah. Yeah and then and since then I've been back on my spiritual path because I had also lost it I would lost that connection not only to myself but to like whatever else yes. there is
1: yes you have no connection so you don't trust anything you don't have that intuition in yeah. the same way anymore yeah
0: and, uh,
1: and and I work
0: very I try to work very hard to cultivate that relationship yeah.
1: as well that's really good yeah you need to give yourself a bit more credit I think as well yeah And not be so hard on yourself and believe in the fact that uh you know just you you are doing something about it you're not just sitting at home going i just want things to change and not you know insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different outcome it's just insane yeah what are you an insane person no you're not so do something different and it will lead you the right to the right path but you just need to try different things
2: I think yeah. um, that's really nice thank you thank you no thank you <laughs> mm. oh my god that was Armita oh <laughs> uh, I want to thank you so much for um for coming over and recording this with me um I was definitely inspired and i I don't know, you keep saying, Armita, that it's not about being brave or fearless, but I still believe you've got to be brave and you've got to be fearless and you've got to be willing to take that risk. You've got to be willing to jump and uh, you jumped and it's been working out for you and I'm so glad. Um, So I guess what I'm trying to say, what my lesson might be is that um, jump sometimes. Only by jumping will you learn to also trust. If you never jump, you don't give yourself the opportunity to trust yourself again. Because at least you then know that you can jump, you know? And the other thing I learned from Armita is use the resources that are available to you. Um, she's really resourceful. She talks to the people that she thinks, uh, that inspire her or that can teach her something. And I think that's an important lesson too. There's a lot of resources out there. Use them. You don't have to do it alone. Thank you guys. I want to thank you guys for listening again to an episode. Uh, I hope it's inspired you in some way and I hope you tune in next time. Thank you.